Looking for a new true crime podcast to binge but don't have a lot of time? Check out my podcast, Bite Sized Crime. My name is Joy. I'm a school librarian, obsessive researcher, and lifelong true crime nerd. Each week, I bring you a new case to dissect. I focus on the facts, giving exposure to some of the lesser known stories in the true crime world. And each episode is less than 20 minutes, just right for your busy schedule. Get your true crime fix and subscribe to Bite Sized Crime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Our Weird World. Welcome to Our Weird World. I'm your host, John Henson, and today we're talking about some cases of amnesia. Some strange cases of amnesia that have happened uh, in history. We have two stories today uh, of Benjamin Kyle and Lawrence Joseph Bader. Now, uh, what what exactly is amnesia? Right, like so, like in movies and TV or whatever, a lot of times amnesia is really just depicted as like you forgot everything about who you are and your past life, and apparently that's not generally how it goes. It's how it goes in today's episode, but for the most part, uh, amnesia is really just like a loss of memories, like facts or information or experiences. It, it doesn't really often have much to do with like forgetting who you are or forgetting like people around you, right? Like the classic one is like someone wakes up in the hospital and their spouse is standing next to them and they have no idea who they are. Generally, that's not what happens, right? Uh, typically, it's either uh, you forget like past events or past like familiar information, or uh, apparently like you can for, like have trouble learning new information. Like it's it's forward moving amnesia, I guess. Um, a lot of times, it's short term memory, so you know a lot of people can recall experiences and memories from their childhood, but they may not be able to recall things that have happened more relatively recently. And so, you know, amnesia can result from basically brain damage, uh, you know, specifically damage to your limbic system, which controls your emotion and your memories, uh, the thalamus of your brain, which is like the, the center little bit of your brain or whatever. Uh, it could also affect the hippocampal formations in the temporal lobes of the brain. We know this. We are all neuroscientists here, right? Um, but amnesia can be caused uh, by a stroke by like brain inflammation. So like if you got like herpes or something, it can like inflame your brain, which is insane. Um, it could be caused by a lack of oxygen, long-term alcohol abuse, tumors, Alzheimer's, uh, or seizures, or even some medications that act as sedatives could, you know, lead to amnesia. Uh, obviously, the, the severity of it can vary, you know, mild amnesia can just kind of affect, you know, recent memories, uh, it can cause problems with, you know, remembering how to do your job or remembering like your responsibilities or anything, anything like that. Um, a lot of the lost memories could be just gone forever or, uh, you know, you can potentially work and with therapy over time to get those things back. So, all of that information should help 
kind of explain what happens in today's two stories. So let's go see what they're all about. start on March 15th, 1957, when Lawrence Joseph Bader rented a 14-foot boat and set out to do some fishing on Lake Erie. Bader was a cookware salesman from Akron, Ohio. By all accounts, he was just a super normal dude, didn't have any enemies. You know, no one was out to try to kill him or get revenge on him. He wasn't involved in the mafia or anything. Uh, He had three kids. With another one on the way, he had a super loving and supportive wife. Uh, He did owe $20,000 to the IRS, which seems like a pretty important detail in this story. But, you know, other than that, he just kind of continued on with life as normal. However, he never came home from his fishing trip. And the next day, his boat was found with a few dents and was missing one of the oars. Uh, without any real evidence to suggest anything different, Akron police assumed that he had fallen overboard and drowned. Uh, four days after Bader's disappearance, a man named John Fritz Johnson appeared at the Round Table Bar in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Johnson was a flamboyant, very eccentric man. Uh, he made a real big first impression by sitting on top of a flagpole for 30 days to raise money for polio. And so, like, again, No one in Omaha knew who this guy was. He just showed up one day and he's this big character. Uh, He worked jobs as a bartender and a radio announcer before he became the sports anchor for KETV7, which was Omaha's ABC affiliate. He would drive around in a hearse that was equipped with pillows, a bar, and an incense burner. Uh, He then married a uh, 20-year-old divorcee and even adopted her daughter. Uh, In 1964, he had his left eye removed after doctors found a cancerous tumor, but he just kind of embraced wearing his new eye patch, which really just added to his whole quirky, eccentric outfit and flamboyant kind of personality that he had. Uh, On February 2nd, 1965, Fritz Johnson attended an archery tournament in Chicago. Uh, Similarly, Lawrence Bader also loved archery, and during the tournament, a man who was there from Akron who had known Bader actually approached Fritz. Uh, Bader's 21-year-old niece, Suzanne Pika, was with the man and asked Fritz if he was in fact her uncle who had disappeared at this point seven years ago. Uh, Although Fritz, or at least the guy saying he was Fritz, kind of laughed it off, This girl, Suzanne, somehow got Fritz's fingerprints and had them compared to Bader's military records. And these prints matched exactly 100%. Fritz, they confront him about this and he is completely shocked. And at this point, he realizes that his entire life and the memories that he had were completely false. And now he realizes that he is Lawrence Joseph Bader. At least according to him, we have no idea if this was actually the case, right? Uh, You know, did something actually happen? Did he really fall off of his boat and nearly drown and then get washed up on the shore? And then just like because of maybe the lack of oxygen to his brain or something, he now just thinks that he's this different person or he's trying to figure out who he is. And he just assumes this new personality 
We don't know. We're just going off of everything that, that this guy said. So then he goes to Omaha and he's like this crazy dude. He becomes literally the TV sports anchor. You know, it's not like he was trying to hide his new identity, right? He was just out in public with it. And now he has been found and now he has two wives, which is obviously super illegal. Uh, Bader, he said, like, it was like a physical shock. Up until that moment, I had no doubt that I was not Larry Bader. But when I heard that, it was like a door had been slammed and someone had hit me right in the face. So Mary Lou Bader, who was Lawrence's wife before he disappeared, had been receiving $250 or $254 in monthly social security payments. She had also received nearly $40,000 from Bader's life insurance policy, all of which needed to be paid back to the government and the insurance company immediately because now authorities had confirmed that this Fritz Johnson guy was actually Lawrence Bader. Um, she had also gotten recently engaged to another man and because she was Catholic, that was also basically super illegal. So for the next 10 days, Fritz Johnson slash Lawrence Bader was examined by psychologists who came to the ultimate conclusion that despite there was some evidence that he had considered starting a new life to avoid paying all of that debt to the IRS, he had absolutely no recollection of his former life. Uh, some actually speculated that the tumor that he had later gotten removed from behind his left eye had caused the amnesia, which again, uh, we talked about at the, at the start of the show, tumors can do that. And especially if you have a tumor kind of behind your eye, depending on uh, what it's touching could potentially be affecting the, the frontal lobes of your brain. Um, he, they never really fully determined though, if that may have caused it uh, even more, the cancer in his eye returned less than a year later. And Joseph or Fritz Johnson slash Lawrence Bader died on September 16th, 1966 with just so many questions left unanswered. Right. Because like I, even, even aside from him and his identity, like did Mary Lou, then get the money back if she had already paid it back. Like, I don't know so many crazy things uh, going on. Like maybe then she ended up keeping, having to keep the money. Cause I mean, honestly, you know, he died a year after all of this found was found out, you know? So just a really, really, really weird story that no one has any true answers for. Uh, our next, our other story here is a little bit more of a famous story. Uh, that happened on August 31st, 2004, when a Burger King employee in Richmond Hill, Georgia, which is a little bit south of Savannah, was taking out the trash when he discovered the body of a naked, sunburnt, and unconscious man behind the dumpster. Uh, this guy had three different depressions on his skull where someone had just beaten the living hell out of him. He was covered in ant bites. And, like... The, this poor employee, he's like make, make a minimum wage. Like he, you don't go to work needing to deal with any of that. So he quickly calls an ambulance and has this guy taken off to the hospital. When the man arrived at the hospital in Savannah, the medical team listed his name as Burger King Doe because obviously being naked makes it really difficult to keep any kind of ID card on you. He was also unconscious and he remained in kind of this semi-conscious state for more than two weeks 
And then when he finally wakes up, he's finally lucid, coherent, and all that. The nurses asked for his name. And the guy told the hospital staff that his name was Benjamin. But it was kind of spelled weird. Like, it was spelled B-E-N-J-A-M-A-N. Usually it's uh, I-N, but he said it was A-N. He also couldn't remember what his last name was. And so he ended up settling on the last name of Kyle since that was the placeholder name that was given to him by the police and the hospital staff. Um, Despite having cataracts in both eyes, when Benjamin looked at himself in the mirror, he was startled to find that he was, at least he looked 20 years older than he thought he actually was. Uh, When he was finally released from the hospital, he made a full recovery. He didn't have anywhere to go. Um, he had no idea who he really was. He didn't have any way to contact anybody. He didn't have any money to support himself. So he spent the next several years at the grace house, which was a men's shelter in Savannah. And while there, he met a nurse who took the time to get to know him and try to figure out his story. Uh, when the nurse found out that Benjamin didn't really know who he was, she helped support him and got him a job earning a hundred dollars a month cutting grass. And then one morning, Uh, Benjamin decided to take her truck for a ride kind of around her yard because it had not occurred to him that he actually already knew how to drive. He didn't know that. Like he basically in his mind, he had woken up in the hospital and he probably thought that he was like a kid or something. And then he's like this middle-aged man. (laughs) And then he has no idea that he has kind of all of these skills. So, uh, with this new discovery, Benjamin decided to visit Dr. Jason King in Atlanta, who diagnosed him with dissociative amnesia. Uh, King said that the amnesia likely began on August 31st, 2004, which is coincidentally the date that that he was found behind the Burger King dumpster and the exact sort of limb that the, you expect medical professionals to really go out for on a diagnosis, just real, Real safe on that one. Um, Benjamin appealed to Georgia Legal Services for help, but he was actually turned down when the hospital system requested an $800 fee to obtain Benjamin's medical records, which is so stupid. Why are you going to charge $800 to someone for access to their medical? Like that stuff, if the if the patient uh, consents, there should not be a fee. Maybe 10 bucks for the clerk's time to like get it and process it, but not $800. It's ridiculous. Um, at once that was rejected, one of Benjamin's friends then contacted the office of Georgia Congressman Jack Kingston, who was then able to get DNA samples sent to the FBI office in West Virginia. Why West Virginia? I don't know. I'm pretty sure the FBI has offices in Atlanta, but whatever. Um, Benjamin then appeared on the Dr. Phil show in 2008, as well as uh, he also participated in a documentary by some Florida state students. And then he moved down to Jacksonville, Florida, where he worked uh, various jobs for good Samaritans who paid Benjamin out of pocket because he was unable to obtain or produce a social security number. So he couldn't really open a bank account, anything like that. Uh, Despite several petitions to the United States government to issue a new social security card for him, Benjamin remained homeless and still completely unaware of his real identity. And this is going on like five years now. 
finally, on September 16th, 2015, Benjamin announced that a group of adoption search angels had finally uncovered his true identity. Uh, Benjamin, who was actually William Burgess Powell, was born on August 29th, 1948 in Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, people kind of started to then kind of put his story together. They tried to figure out what his life had been like early on. They tried to contact, apparently they just couldn't find his family. Maybe his family was all dead or something. I don't know. Um, but they finally kind of came to believe that he had been traveling through the area to avoid hurricane Charlie, but how he ended up naked behind a dumpster might forever be a mystery because like he was by himself. Maybe he got mugged at a rest stop or something. Who knows? But like, no one has like ever found his car or whatever he was traveling in. Maybe he was hitchhiking or whatever. Like he doesn't seem like, like he just seems like a normal dude. Like he doesn't seem like the kind of drifter hobo who was just kind of hitchhiking and, and was already kind of homeless and, you know, a, a wanderer or a hobo or whatever. Like I said, like he just seemed like a normal dude. And all of a sudden he just wakes up behind the dumpster, no memories whatsoever. And so again, like these two stories really going against the conventional way that amnesia affects people because these two people had no idea who they were or what their former lives were like. All right, a couple stories of amnesia in the books. And God, yeah, just such a wild thought that you could get bonked on the head and then forget everything about your life ever. You know, I, and here's honestly, like there's part of me who's like, God, that would be that that's your chance, right? Like if you're just unhappy with your life and all of a sudden you get amnesia and you don't remember anything and you basically get to push the reset button on your, on your life. Like, what do you even do? That's, I mean, there's so many possibilities, but also like, that's going to be a lot of work, right? Because even like in the case of Benjamin Kyle, right? Like he, he like struggled to get a social security card because he had no birth certificate because he couldn't remember who he was and no one could track down his family, nothing. Uh, you know, he was like, he couldn't find a home. He couldn't get a bank account. And like so many things now are connected to, you know, the grid for lack of a better term. Uh, like it would just be so much harder to do that. And so like, if you were fine, basically taking odd jobs and getting paid in cash, like it's fine. Maybe fi figuring out how to live with someone who could support you a little bit more in that way. But Still, I don't know, man. It just seems like a lot of work. Like Bader, Lawrence Bader, it happened to him at a good point because he didn't need he didn't need to do all that. You know, it's back in the 60s. You know, you didn't I'm guessing you didn't need all this kind of documentation to prove who you were to get a job or a bank account or anything like that. You know, you just got paid, you know, you got a check or something and you just went to the bank to cash it every week. But God, yeah, I just like so wild. And the fact that like both of these stories don't have 
real definitive conclusions because Bader died a year later. So many things left unanswered. Benjamin Kyle, like now that, you know, once they kind of found his identity, like he's gone basically into hiding. Like he's a very private person. He doesn't really make a lot of public appearances, doesn't like to talk about it, anything like that. And so like maybe before he ends up dying, we'll get some answers, but ugh, I don't know. It's just wild. So um, we'll just count this as the what we learned today. And let's talk about next week. It is episode number 200. And we are going back to Florida. Part two, uh, we're going to be covering five stories uh, of just some, just some classic Florida people. And we're going to have fun with it. We're going to look at the stories of Linda Ducharme, Linda Keith, Jason Laffman, Kenneth Haskins, and Christian Radecki. Those names may not mean anything to you right now, but oh boy, they were some crazy people. All right. Now, the other side of this episode, all right, if you remember back for episode 100 for the story of the Yahweh Ben Yahweh cult, I got super hammered. Just, I downed like a 32 ounce just concoction of every mixture of liquor we had in our cabinet. It wasn't bad, right? Some of you were probably nauseous thinking about that. I like, it wasn't bad. Uh, but for Florida, I have to do something different. I have to do something that feels very Florida, not cocaine. All right, we're not doing just Miami. All right, we got to do something classically Florida. And so I figured it out, all right? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't talk about it much on this show, but in real life, I'm not shy about it. I enjoy uh, some natural remedies, all right? For me, uh, the the sort of natural plant-based medications have been so positively impactful for my mental health. All right. Like I'm not just some lazy, gross stoner who doesn't do anything. Right. Like it helped, like it makes me feel more creative. It makes me feel happier. Uh, and to be honest, like I've noticed, like if I have some medication (laughs) and I will notice that for the next like four or five days after that, I am completely mentally just clear and unburdened, right? Like nothing bothers me. I'm not stressed. I'm engaged. I'm actually pretty talkative and social. You know, I'm not super anxious or anything like that. It is really, really helpful. Now, it's not legal in North Carolina, but you know what is the the Delta stuff that's derived from hemp. And there are also uh, some synthetically uh, manufactured Delta items. And so I have in my possession a bottle of gummies that are 250 milligrams a piece right? I'm not going to do a full one. That would destroy me, right? 
We'll do probably like a third, maybe quarter. I don't know. But not only are these Delta eight, but they are also uh, hydroxy 11 THCP, which I think stands for psychedelic and THCX. I don't know what any of that means. It's synthetic, but in the land of bath salts and meth and crack and all kinds of stuff, that sort of thing felt perfect for an episode on Florida. So I'm going to take a gummy and we're going to see what comes of it. All right. The, the drunk episode turned out fine. Uh, but yeah, like this is perfectly legal. What I'm going to, I purchased this in North Carolina at a store with an EIN, a federal tax number. Like it's legal. It's perfectly legal. Uh, it's like, I can't go drive, but I can't go drive if I'm drunk. So it's in that same vein. All right. Just in case any of you out there listening are uptight about drugs or whatever, it's fine. My grandparents are dead. I have no one to shame me anymore. Um, I mean, my parents might be disappointed, but whatever. I've been disappointing them for a long time. So (laughs) all that being said next week, Florida on some synthetic kind of wild journey together uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so thank you all for continuing to listen uh tune in next week because i have no idea how it's gonna go but i'm gonna i'm gonna have fun doing it so we'll see thanks for listening keep telling all your friends and keep it weird 